In today's Whiteboard Wednesday, I'm going to discuss the differences between training and testing. We should approach how we conduct training, which is the bulk of the sessions we do to improve our fitness really, very differently to how we approach testing. We can also look at competition as a form of testing at the highest caliber, highest level, if we actually compete in a certain sport. What is the purpose of training? We might say, well, it's to improve performance. Well, really the performance is the end goal overall, that each session may not directly improve actual performance. We're trying to accumulate stress and that stress in turn helps to cause positive adaptations and improvements in our fitness. Most of our intensity during our actual training sessions is going to be submaximal, and that's really important. And we find that submaximal training, doesn't matter if it's strength, speed, power, endurance, at a larger amount of volume actually leads to better adaptations than trying to train at high intensity right near our absolute maximums of these different aspects at a lower volume. Issue we have though is that same stress which leads to improving our fitness also causes fatigue. Doesn't matter how fit we might be, if we have a large amount of fatigue, we won't be able to realize and demonstrate that actual fitness. Testing on the other hand, we're looking to optimize our performance. And harking back, what is performance? Performance is really what you can do on a given day. And that factors in things like the amount of stress and fatigue you're currently under. Previously talked about Bannister's two-factor model, which is a concept that looks at the relationship between fitness, fatigue, and performance. And from Bannister's model, we know that fitness minus fatigue equals our performance. If fitness is an absolute capacity, what we could potentially do. Fatigue, on the other hand, counteracts that overall capacity. And performance is what we can actually do on a certain day. So with training, we're trying to actually improve our fitness. That is our absolute capacity in whatever aspect of fitness we're looking at. But that doesn't necessarily mean our performance is always going to be high throughout a training cycle. We'll actually find a lot of the time we can't perform as highly as we may want to or what our absolute capacity is. And this is why we should approach both training, that is accumulating that stress to cause an adaptation to improve our fitness, different to testing, which is really trying to realize or optimize our performance on a given day. We can use Bannister's two-factor model as well, not just to look at an individual session, but we can say it's sort of an average effect that we're having over the course of an entire program, which might go for a month, three months, or even longer. And what we see initially from our start point, our fitness, fatigue, and performance are all at zero. As we train and we train more, we accumulate more stress, our fitness actually increases. Concurrent to this, due to the amount of volume we're undertaking initially, we'll find that our fatigue also increases. And what we can do potentially on a given day might be under that initial start point. As we move closer and closer towards a set testing data or a testing protocol, we'll see actual fitness may drop off a little bit, but we will see a reduction in fatigue, and that should then see an elevation in our performance. We're trying to reduce fatigue to pretty much zero, so our performance will be the same as our fitness. You can broadly view how we do this by looking at the relationship between specificity, volume, and intensity. A program will initially have a low volume that builds and builds and builds to a high volume. Our intensity will initially be low, but then increase, and our specificity will be lower as well. Something that we won't be specific to what we're training for, but our training at the start will be more generalized. That is less like the actual testing conditions or competition conditions. As we progress through our program, our volume is going to actually decrease and our intensity is going to increase with specificity. That is becoming more like our testing conditions or more like our competition conditions. Then on our set competition date or testing date, that is when we want to see that improvement and that maximization of our performance 
as close to our fitness level as we can. Training should be viewed as something that's low risk. We're looking to get the right amount of volume at the right intensity that leads to adaptations. So with training, we don't want to replicate those conditions directly because we know they don't result in the best adaptations. And they also cause fatigue, which can actually reduce our performance. We should approach training low risk, trying to accumulate stress that results in an adaptation. That is an improvement in our fitness. It's gonna be a corresponding increase in the amount of fatigue we're under. So we won't be able to demonstrate that performance properly. Testing and competitions on the other hand are very different. So training is generally gonna be low risk, looking to accumulate stress that results in adaptations. As we build and build on our program, we get more specific, then we'll look to test very deliberately. Testing is really gonna realize what our current performance is, and that can be very, very difficult to actually do. Because we're looking to push our body's performance to its absolute maximum or close to its maximum, it's gonna be significantly higher risk. The risk of injury and the risk of failure is much greater as intensity increases. With testing, we also want our body to be in a state of minimized fatigue. There's a very deliberate way we can go from our normal training to how we actually reduce that fatigue so we can realize that performance as close to fitness as possible. And really the end state of testing is to perform at the highest level we can. Ideally, that's gonna be our current fitness level. However, it might be just under. That's not just preparing our energy systems and our muscles, it's also preparing other things like our nervous system. As a beginner, you can get away with more frequent testing. And that's due to the fact that the absolute load that a beginner can do in a testing protocol isn't really that high. So you can recover quicker from that. This doesn't mean every day or every week we should test to see if we're getting stronger, faster, and more powerful. That can actually be detrimental because we're providing an additional stress that our body needs to recover from. As you move into becoming intermediate, that load's increasing, and as an advance, you're getting right near the end of your maximum physical potential. So the absolute load for a beginner and intermediate and advanced are gonna be very different. The recovery, of course, is gonna be different as well. Recovering as a beginner from a lower load's pretty easy. As an intermediate, it's getting harder. If you're advanced, it's gonna be significant. You need a greater amount of time to recover from the actual testing itself. The moment you try and test a performance measure, you have to factor in the amount of stress you're currently under from your training. We have to dissipate that stress. And the way we dissipate it, reducing the overall volume and frequency really, increasing intensity and increasing specificity. This is a very deliberate step though, and we can do it through things like peaks and tapers. Testing your one rep max does not improve your one rep max. If the way up, do you actually even need to test? And we take for example, Mac, who is a golfer. So he's doing a strength and conditioning program to improve his golfing performance. So whilst improving his strength, his speed, his power, and his endurance are really important, what we actually wanna see is, is this training resulting in an improvement in his golf? There's no real benefit for Mac to test his one repetition maximum on strength lifts. They're extremely high risk, and they could compromise his golfing performance. Indirectly, we can see his strength's definitely increasing. Then we look at Mark, on the other hand, who's a weightlifter. For him, it's important to actually test his competition lifts, which is the snatch, the clean and jerk. And it's also important to test some accessories like the back squat and the front squat. We don't do this every week though, or every fortnight even. This is something we'll do specifically. We wanna maximize his performance on competition day. If he can snatch and clean and jerk more three days before his competition, that's useless. We actually wanna see his performance and his testing really occur on his competition day. Now we might do some testing just before his competition to make sure we're on track. But at the end of the day, we're trying to maximize his performance in those lifts at a weightlifting competition. It's important though, is you don't deviate from your program and two or three weeks in because you feel stronger, go, you know what? I'm gonna test my one repetition max squat, bench press or deadlift just because you feel stronger. This can actually compromise the amount of stress and the training load you're currently undergoing 
actually compromise the improvements of your program. You're adding additional stress that hasn't been factored in or designed into your program. Randomly testing a lift because you're feeling stronger or you want to check if the program's working is a really dangerous move to make. The easiest way to piss off and frustrate a strength coach is just to test your lifts in the middle of a program as opposed to the set dates for testing. <laughs>